Welcome to the nightclub, where we are the ones who get <laughs> Welcome to our unofficial Valentine special. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about two lovebirds swept up in a splendid romance of new love. That's right, this evening's Midnight Ritual is going to be as good as it gets. But first, and most importantly, <laughs> I'm joined by uh, that Swamp Donkey. No, Swamp Trash, I'm sorry. Donkey is... Trash. Donkey Trash, fuck, I'm fucking it all up. I'm N.Y. Rick. That's yeah! Woo, woo! And um, in honor of Valentine's Day, we have Senor Grindhouse and uh, Misa's Grindhouse. Hey, Yeah. Well, this I'm is... always here. We invited the lovely missus. She uh, she picked out a movie that uh, is super relevant to her, to her uh, somewhat limited horror past, but she definitely does have a horror past, and she likes certain movies she really does like. This happened to be one of them, so we thought we'd talk about it. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, this is definitely where it started with the horror, um, and it was one of the first movies I showed to you. Mr. It was. Grindhouse. It was one um, of the first. It was, it was one of the first horror movies you showed to me. Yes, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yep. Um, and and like I said, the first time I saw it, I did not care for it. So this is going to be an interesting discussion. I'm surprised you didn't run away screaming after that. <laughs> well, no, that, that's, right? that's dope. That's a dope yeah, movie that's to show. Dope as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. If there I was on a first person. date and somebody wanted to like whip out audition, I'd be like, oh, oh fuck yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> or like right when things are starting to get serious, bro. Well, there's some, <laughs> there's some, the there's some underlying tones here. There's some underlying tones to this movie that I did not think about until today. And when I thought about them, I started looking around the house for a burlap sack, just in case. Okay. I'm so, hitting uh, it well. Don't worry. No, Dude, I, I got burlap sacks, bro. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it was, um, but it, I'm, just I'm interesting thing you don't think about until you're like in the situation and it's like, oh shit, wait, huh? Wait, what? Huh? And then you start like, Wait a minute, and it's like this is almost uh, to a certain extent, anyway, a little bit of a a little bit of a metaphor for my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we we can we can dissect that when we get to it. Speaking of which, yeah. speaking of which, how'd y'all meet? We met at work. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't during an audition, at least. Yeah, definitely was not. Right? No, just uh, yeah, two two lonely engineers on a on an island. Adrift, yeah. he's trying to find love, mm. or 
two people that thought they could at least fuck for a while and get along, and hey, it turns out we got married. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they I watch auditions. Saw that one coming. No, neither one of us saw that coming. I was never going to get married again. She was like, "Marriage? I've yeah, heard that word. Cool. What does it mean? I don't remember. Somebody told me once. Yeah, but here we are. Yeah, I wanted to ask everybody round table. What's the worst date you've ever been on in your whole life? Not with your significant other, current significant other. Oh, I went on a, call it a semi-blind date once, and I picked a restaurant, and I got to the restaurant, and it was a steak place, and the person I was meeting was a vegetarian. Fuck. It was fucking spectacular. It was, like, the worst thing. I mean, like, it could not possibly have gone worse. It was just spectacular. Yeah. And then it got, it got sadder from there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I love that. Worst date I ever been on, I nearly got a nipple bitten off. That doesn't sound terrible. I mean, no, it, you said you said no, nearly, nearly. Yeah, well, okay, so yeah, it, it, it wasn't completely terrible, but I'm saying that part was terrible. It's very terrible. So the foreplay was good. It was just the no, no, the traumatic. That was traumatic. So that was not foreplay. That was like no. you were in the middle of dinner and somebody freaked out and tried to chew your tit off. And I was being called Poppy. Oh, but you like being called Poppy though. Don't no. even tell me you don't Papito. like being called Papi. Pa- Papito, and that's by my workers. That's not. I don't like being called Papi by uh, someone who's not even Latin or Spanish <laughs> or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be saying. Papi. Okay. Yeah. No. God damn. God damn. This got weird fast. Okay. Your worst date ever. Saying. Yeah. I don't know. I. Ricky goes first. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Under the bus. <laughs> well, I've been stood up before. So Aww. that sucks. Yeah, that's bon- that's oh, bon- shit. Yeah, but that, that, that's not a date though, man. You know, well, the date it, it was happen. it was to me until I got fucking stood up. Yeah, it was supposed to be, <laughs> <laughs> but it only happened once. And honestly, that's like the only, aside from you know, like trying to have a nice evening and ending up in like an argument or a fucking flat tire or some shit. Yeah, you know, like it. it can't think of a, a worse date. I guess I'll just go with. Being stood up. Yeah, stood up is like one of the coolest dates I've been on. Knowledge, like I have not coolest dates. Yeah. Oh, we're going. I went to see the Hills Have Eyes remake with an ex of mine, and uh, that was our first date, and we both had a fantastic time. Fucking a. Well, there you go. I found out she was into gnarly horror. I mean, even though it was like mainstream, that movie's still pretty gnarly. That's a gnarly ass movie. Hell yeah, bud. Yeah, we but, had a great time. So that's, so that's interesting here. So we all like movies and we all like going to the theater. I would, however, argue that going to a movie is maybe like the worst possible first date because you don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, one of my worst first dates was, or dates, met up with a guy who was kind of set up by a friend and we saw a Chinese horror movie during the Seattle International Film Festival. And he really wasn't into horror and didn't like it at all. And it was just super awkward. Yeah. He brought like snacks in a bag. <laughs> yeah. Red flag. Um, yeah. So I, I think we parted ways after that and never saw each other again, but that was just awkward. So are we saying, are we collectively saying, I, I'm not speaking for myself I, and nor for anybody else, but are we saying if you bring your own snacks to a theater, you're, you're a weirdo. Is that what we're saying? I'm not no, saying no, that. I, I, I have definitely had a half a half melted bag of Reese's pieces in my pocket going into a movie. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like a third, but it's like a third nut, but it's huge. just cook some spaghetti. Like you know, the M M&M and M bag. It was like a, a baggie of snacks. Oh, he's like the sandwich guy, the guy that brings the yeah. sandwich and tries to very quietly unwrap a sandwich in the theater. Yeah. 
yeah. Okay. That guy's weird. Yeah. I'll give you that. I don't, I don't like people who buy and I'm, I'm one of these people I don't like because I like to buy the, the, the uh, Sour Patch Kids sometimes along with popcorn. But I think popcorn should be the only theater snack or at least anything that doesn't have to be open with the plastic crinkle crackles interrupting every goddamn thing. Agreed. That's just a little pet, little theater going. I ate a whole it's funny. pizza. I wanted to. I so want to <laughs> this is so funny. So, yeah. so I went to see Knock at the Cabin today. Yeah. What I have figured out is at my local theater, there is a very there's a small group of people that I see at every horror movie, pretty much like on a Sunday. Oh, nice. I see them every time. Um, the thing that I don't get about them, and maybe they'll maybe they'll listen and they can get on our Discord and explain this to me. A, they always come in late. They leave at least three times to refill their popcorn bucket, and then they always leave before the movie's over. I'm like, I what? What are you doing? Like, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. They're going to hang out in at the building. Movies. You're in the building, so you paid to be here. Yeah. So, but I don't get what you're doing. So I just, I kind of want that explained because I don't, I don't get it. I'm a little lost. Ask them. Be like, hey man, I'm not minding my business on this one. What the fuck are y'all doing? Uh, maybe that's why I gotta do. Just like, what the absolute hell? Just, on? just, just look at it and be like, they're stuck in skin and marine. That's all you gotta do. That's where so they're should, stuck in there. So I, so I should be bored slash feel bad for them. Okay. They're, yeah. they're, they're stuck in a demonic, cosmic loop. All right. Uh, it, it Alice, you yeah, can't. Yeah, for eat, Terrifier too, I ate a whole pizza. <laughs> He's still on the pizza. He did eat a whole za. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into tonight's midnight ritual. It is not as good as it gets. No, no. That's for the Chuttles. They got to do that one at some point. Well, shit, that's what I have notes for. Well, Uh-oh. Alice is going to save the day on this one. I thought we were watching 51st Dates. <laughs> what, you, what you're going to want to do is read your Discord messages, do your homework, and watch the right movie, because tonight we're going to be talking about a, a crazy-ass Japanese movie. Payao Kamsa. Hash Palipatak. Audition is a 1999 Japanese horror film directed by Takashi Miike, based on the 1997 novel by Ryu Maki I can't say that that name. So, uh, uh, more you want a Bukaki? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Murakami, starring Ryu Ishibashi <laughs> and Ihi Asina. I don't know how to say her last name. The film is about a widower who stages an audition in order to meet a potential wife. Okay, that's that that's that's actually tonight's movie. But Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt or Bay for life. For life. And Cuba Gooding Jr. and goddamn Greg Kinnear. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just that's all I gotta say. This movie was based on or it came out based on the success of Ringu. Um, there was this Japanese company, Omega something or another, and they really wanted to like, oh yeah, we gotta keep this gravy train rolling. Let's get yeah. let's get Mike in here. So they they put money into it, and this movie is one of the precursors to uh, Everything J horror, 
No, no, Ringu came out before. That's what I'm saying. No, this oh, this this is I mean, like, like a precursor that, to torture porn, like Saw and Hostel. Um, but but this this is this is the more uh, yeah yeah I go with that yeah yeah. Uh, well, the the guy the people who made those movies said that this was an influence. That's why I'm saying like like Eli Roth and those folks. They they're like yeah, this movie fucking. Well, the Asian horror community has very frequently done everything better than Americans can do it anyway. That's not that's not like a new thing or a secret. So, no, this is like the intellectual. Right, I would say this is very sophisticated. Yeah, compared to like hostile. This is classy torture porn. Okay, oh, most, right. de- most definitely too. But I think classy. Yeah, you get this, your third. You get your, your your gore in the third course in this one, right. or for dessert. Well, and that's that's probably my my fundamentally biggest problem with this whole movie is it's almost like two different movies. Like it literally could have been two different movies. It's definitely two movies. Yeah, to an extent. I just it's. I, but I, I love just, it. I'm, I love the way it just. <laughs> okay, I'm, here's I'm, the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say it now and then get off this. Okay, the first forty five minutes of this movie could have been boiled down into like ten or fifteen for me. All right. I feel like it's a little long. That's my only complaint. I feel like it's a little long. An hour and 55 minutes, and it didn't need to be. I disagree. I, I was kind of surprised that uh, on the, on my rewatch last night, it, it didn't feel too long, and I was engaged the whole time. Uh, and I think the ending was a nice logical conclusion that was slowly built piece by piece. And, and when it happened, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's where it was was leading, and it uh, it all came together for me at the end, in a good way. And I enjoyed all the lead up and all the little tidbits you get about everybody's past. And well, yeah, I I guess I I don't have any struggles with the past stuff. Some of the flashback stuff, um, some of it was, some of it was beyond creepy, like in the in the yucky. There's the creepy, and then there's yucky. Some of it was a little bit yucky, but I mean, just the whole the whole lead up with uh. You know the two business guys, and they just they keep this little sort of gag going, and it just went on for way too long. I mean, it went from being interesting where I was like typing the names of characters in my notes to just like, oh, for fuck's sake, can we just get going? I mean, and probably the hardest part of this movie is getting through it and realizing that this guy, he's not really. I mean, he's not really. He's not really bad. He's just a little bit misguided and a little bit put off by like for what was 1999, like the modern day culture and how you meet people and things like that. So he was a little bit misguided, but trying something different, you know, where he sort of had a leg up in the whole thing where he could get more information that, that maybe that you would normally get. But that buildup, like I said, the first 45 minutes, it was just I, I, honestly, I was sitting there just going, what, like, are we going to get to it was like 47 minutes before we got to anything that was even remotely creepy disturbing or for me interesting the the opening like the first 45 minutes and i get like you're saying because i i guess the movie you could say is two different movies but there's elements sprinkled throughout some of the later first half that that the movie's gonna get creepy and fucking weird but i i like i like all the development that the movie gives um aoyama i think is his name uh the dad character because they also give you his son, they give you what his son's even into, uh, shows them interacting a good bit. It shows his loneliness, and his son can even see it. So, like, I know I'm kind of getting into the character, but to me, the character buildup is what justifies the first half. Him and his friend concocting the plan, even after it starts to work, sort of, it seems, for for the dad. His friend, who, who helped him organize this audition, is, like, worried about him. 
and I, I don't know. It's I guess it's it's there's a little bit more character rich. This was based on a novel too, so that that could have a lot to do with it. Um, Silence of the Lambs. People would argue the same thing about that movie is that you hardly get really any horror till the end. I mean, there's fucked up stuff in that movie throughout, but it's the horror don't really happen until the end in that movie. I'm glad you brought up Silence of the Lambs because while I was watching this, I was thinking to myself. Wow, this is like the same level of mastery of cinema as something like Silence of the Lambs. It was, and I mean, it it was praised when it came out. Like this movie was met with nothing but love. Uh, I got I got a few little bits of trivia about about the film before we dive dive into it. Um, and maybe I'll finish my point at some point about whatever I was talking about. Who cares? My favorite piece of trivia is the one involving the doggy bowl. Tell and, it uh, the vomit gimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we named him on the 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 other episode, the vomit gimp. Yeah, yeah. Asami, uh, the, the the actress who plays Asami is very method, so the vomit in the dog bowl is her actual vomit. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Seriously? yeah. I had forgotten about that, and I, I uh, ugh. I'm not saying I would eat her vomit, but she is bae. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like, think I would eat her vomit I, out of a I, dog I, bowl. <laughs> I might. Mm. Yuck. Uh, don't, Asa- don't be gross. Don't be gross tonight. We're classy. <laughs> tonight is classy. We've established this. Asami in the film almost always wears white in Japan. White is associated with death, and yeah. it also was meant to make her look more ghostly. ghostly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they do that shit. They make her look ghostly as fuck in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has when- some really awesome coats, though. Like the red fur and the... Oh, the- yeah. I- I really appreciated those this time. Well, there was moments where they wanted her to stand out, right? And they did a good job. They did a good, when they wanted her to stand out, they did a great job of making her stand out. And when they wanted her to give her that like pale, ghostly background, they did that mm-hmm. too. I mean, because she had a lot of, there was a number of scenes where she was like the pale lady in white, like standing at a cliff or mm-hmm. sitting or doing something where it was like, she was almost not there, but was still sort of there. You know that, that moment where he first sees her, but from behind, and all you see is yeah. her back. It's yes. it's kind of the haunting image. It right. really is. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. This... this time around, I really appreciated the the score. I really keyed on on the keyed in on the score and the cinematography, and just the the perspectives and the framing of all the shots. And I was just, I was fucking feeling it, man. Well, there are so many things that they. After the first 47 minutes, like when things start picking up and they start like filling in the blanks and whether it's a, whether it's a flashback scene or whether it's a here and now scene and and truth be told, a lot of times you don't honestly know, you don't honestly, they give you these little, these little kernels of, of time that cement where you're at. But if you don't see one of those kernels, you don't really know where you're at. You don't know if you're in somebody's flashback. You don't know if you're in somebody's dream. Um, and then they even take some of those kernels and twist them. So it's yeah. like when you're seeing the thing, it changes. You're in one scene, but the scene changes dynamically through the whole thing. I mean, yeah, the narrative and storytelling is great. Yeah. yeah. No, a lot of that I is love it. fucking masterful. I, I think agree. I think it's two different perspectives is what's right. happening right there. Right. It's 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 an unreal. What do they call it? Unreliable narrating or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I love I and I, I'm a sucker for that shit. So I, at least that's what I think is that 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 shit is. Uh, when this movie was released at the Rotterdam Film Festival in 2000, a record number of walkouts occurred. One woman, 
sat through who had sat through the whole film immediately walked out of the <laughs> Q and A and she she yelled at fucking uh the director, You're sick. So to to which he was like amused. And at the Swiss at the Swiss premiere, someone passed out and needed emergency room attention. So in in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand, this movie had motherfuckers fainting. Um, he's openly said though the director's openly said that he doesn't understand people that walk out of movies. You know, yeah. I think his position is that you're there, so you might as well take in as much as you can take. As a person who's walked out of a couple of movies, I mean, I, I guess I, I sort of get it, but I, I also at the same time I sort of get what he's saying too. It's like. I mean, you're there. You've committed the time. Why not see it through to the you're end? You're not gonna get your money back, or if I'm if exactly. I'm that, if I'm that bored, then I just paid for a place to nap for the next hour and a half. So, <laughs> um, two eat more a things, pizza, dude. Yeah, I'll eat a whole pizza and, and take me a little a little nap right there. Mm-hmm. Two more things, and we can dive into the the movie. Uh, the director has said he doesn't see this as a horror film because in Japan, horror is considered supernatural, and this is about real life. So I say, fuck you. Uh, described by Quentin Tarantino as a true masterpiece, if there ever was one. So high praise from from QT. The right foot there. guy, yeah. yeah, loves feet. Yeah, and the and the director. It's because of, it, it's cause of that foot getting cut off. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the director, he had a cameo. I think it was in Hostel. Oh, he oh, nice. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't speak any English, but he was just a fan of Eli Roth, so he had a he had a cameo in the first Hostel movie. Yeah, I, I need I, to give it a rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I mean. And let's, I mean, this movie, when I try to break it down, and, and, and I don't want to demean it because that's not what I'm doing, but it's basically almost torture porn, really, is kind of what it is. But at the same, I mean, and that's on its surface, but I think it also it also has some deeper things to say about, for me, anyway, about misogyny. It has a lot of things to say about misogyny. Yeah. Um, about a culture, and admittedly a culture that I don't necessarily understand, but where they do things a lot differently than we do here, and the values are maybe different or maybe skewed, but then also people that are ritualistically treated like shit and and undervalued, and how they get to a point where they've had enough, and they just react. Yeah, I, I that was probably probably the biggest thing for me. It was like, because I don't, I don't, I don't fundamentally think that, um, the dad did anything wrong. I think he was a little shady in how he did it, but I, I, I but I think his motivations were pure. But at the same time, I also think that uh, uh, the girl's motivations were fairly pure too. She was just fed up with being treated like shit and being, you know, being the next person in line for whoever's abuse, you know? So, you know, getting to the end of this movie and it's like you, probably the biggest struggle I had is it was like, I don't have anybody to like hate like I don't see an actual monster. I just I see people that uh, like a bunch of people that didn't necessarily do things the right way, but in the end they just wanted to preserve themselves and they wanted they wanted to find. I, I guess it was if you want to break it down, love. That's what they wanted to find, but they just didn't necessarily go about it in the best ways. I agree with like with with a lot of what you're saying, honestly. But I do think, however, that Asami is kind of a monster. Uh, I do. I do. Crazy. But I also agree with that. What she but she's like doing, her. she thinks is pure. Like that was, she believes in what she's doing to the point to where it makes oh, yeah. her purely that. Right. And what that is is horrible. But I do agree. She's I don't pure think, in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like she believes she's pure. All right. Right. Um, but but metaphorically, everything that she did was about her trying to find what she wanted. She cut mm-hmm. people's feet off because she didn't want them to leave. 
She cut their tongues out because she did not want them to speak ill of her. She penetrated them with needles because she wanted to be inside them and be part of their part of their spirit and part of their soul. I mean, for me, that that piece of it all made sense. Like th- there was none of that where I was like, oh, my God, what is she doing? I, I know exactly what she was doing and why. She killed the dog. I didn't like and that. That makes her a monster. I did not. There was a, there was okay. There was, he just <laughs> he just found y'all monkey ranch. <laughs> so talking about the, talking about our earlier discussion about how I've been looking through my house now for burlap sacks. I got to that point. I paused the movie and I I went and I found her. I was like, "Bitch, don't kill my dog." <laughs> I started watching the movie. <laughs> I was like, "That's the part you objected to." Yeah. <laughs> Like all the other shit's okay. Yeah, not, not the dog though. Not, not the dog. The dog. Okay. the dog didn't do. Fuck, the dog didn't do fuck with anybody. The dog was awesome. Good to know. Poor Gangu. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish that up by saying, like, I agree with a lot of what you said, but but I also I don't think this is torture porn. I don't think it's that. I think it's elevated torture porn. That's what I'm going to call it. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a character study that becomes somebody's yeah. nightmare, and there's a little bit of body horror what i'd call it yeah there are some there are some things i think i mean okay granted this movie is now what 24 years old but i think there are some things in it that some imagery and there are selective like time cutting that you couldn't get away with now where you've got like especially a lot of the ballerina scenes i don't think you could get away with those now um where you go from what looks like to me like a 10 year old girl and then you're going like up a leg and then it's a 25 year old woman a lot of that I don't think you could do now. I think it's I think it's like too close to I don't know too close to just like like you know being a kitty diddler. It's just it's just too close, you know. Um, so some of that for me was creepy. It was creepy, like just I, I got that yucky, yucky. Thank you. That's the yucky. It goes from creepy to yucky. And That's the like, yucky, oh. the yucky subgenre. Uh, and it and and I, I do think the intent of showing you that stuff is to make you feel. Yucky, yucky towards yeah. the guy that did because he was a yucky son of a bitch. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and you actually, he was a monster. You yeah, know? And I think you're. I, yeah, I think you totally nailed it, Rick. I for me, I just don't like watching it. I don't like. Sure. There's oh, those yeah. moments where I'm just like, oh, this man. is monsters making monsters right here. Is yeah. really what it is. Kind of, kind of allegorically, <clears throat> yeah. It is monsters making monsters. Yeah. Mrs. Grindhouse, what do you think about the whole? Um, torture porn i i don't think it's torture porn it's it's not to me um it, yeah i get what you guys are saying about like the the gross parts um and how that you're supposed to feel gross you know i'm thinking about the scene at the end where there's a bunch of different women kind of interchanging at mm-hmm. you know on their knees in front of aoyama and one of them is his kid's girlfriend mm-hmm. and he's like what the hell and tries to push her off um it's it's supposed to make you feel yucky and i guess i I I think um, Asami in the end is enjoying herself when when she's uh, torturing Aoyama, but I, that's there's so much of this movie that's not that that I, you can't call five minutes torture porn. Like that's not what the whole movie. Agreed. Is about. That's what I'm saying. Other, other stuff in there. That's why I wouldn't categorize it as that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I was I joking when I called it elevated torture porn. It is though. I, I would agree. With, I would agree. I with would that. say it's elevated horror. Yeah, it is. But uh, not elevated you know, torture I almost porn. don't think this movie is horror. There's horrific elements. Oh, well, we got to stop the show now. I... Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. Now you <laughs> did it. 
<laughs> All right, we're back to as good as it gets. So when, they're get, when they're getting in the convertible and he slides the seat all the way up and he's crushing his cock against the steering wheel, yeah. asking her if she's comfortable, yeah, that was horrific to me. That, that was horrific. horrific, but he's my, making that sacrifice. My, my penis ached for his penis. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, that's what? guy getting beat up in that movie. That's it's pretty. Yeah, that's it's pretty horrific. Pretty I would agree with that. I, yeah, yeah. When Simon gets 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 worked yeah, over by the by the model and his uh, thuggish, ruggish bone friends, yeah. The scene <laughs> when he goes off on Jack Nicholson is uh, fucking dope as fuck. Yeah. Oh well, that whole fucking movie. I'm sorry, the whole movie is fucking dope as fuck. It's a ten. It's whole a ten. Movie. Oh yeah, it's a ten. So it is I would agree. It's a ten. Yeah, the movie's a ten. As good as it gets. It's, it's a I'm due for a rewatch. I haven't yeah. seen it since. So good. I'm very young. So I, I had only seen this movie, I think, two previous times, and the very first time I didn't like it, and then. The second time I sort of got it, but like this time, since I had to take notes, I got to pick it apart a little bit. So it kind of mm-hmm. changed my tune a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I got some things to say. I know Alice does too. And I, I don't, she and I are from a little bit of discussion we've had. We, we tried to not pre discuss like on purpose. Yeah. Like we'd start to, one of us was like, no, no, we can't do it. Like she, she and I are on like different hemispheres of the earth when it comes to this movie. So this I'm wearing, I'm wearing my, uh, Tokyo Gore Police shirt because oh, nice. the lead actress of audition is also the lead actress in Tokyo Gore Police. Right on. So I figured I would be thematic. Wait, nobody has an Ichi the Killer shirt? What the? F- I don't have an Ichi the Killer shirt, but I would totally wear one because here I thought that movie slaps. Does it slap face though? It does slap face. Yeah. And it slaps it slaps uh caboose too. Yeah. <laughs> it slaps a lot of stuff. That's it slaps it. cheeks. That caboose slapping boy. Yeah. I've seen this movie once before and we actually talked about it on the Joe Blow Horror Show, don't you know? And uh I don't know I, what that I is. don't remember what my rating was at that point, but I I'm pretty sure I've come way up. I saw this movie was in high school. Um taking Japanese with a friend and we would rent movies from the library, which had no sort of like age restriction on who could check out what, especially since it was a foreign film and we would watch these movies in her dad's office. Um, so this is definitely one of my favorite J horror movies from that era. Um, and I, I think it's held up for me. Like I, you know, the first time I watched it was probably 15 years ago and I, I still like it just as much. Fucking a. So we've we're all very familiar with it then, because I've seen it a bunch of times. Like Ricky said, we did it on uh, Joe Blow. So I've only it's... seen it twice, but man, it. it... Yeah, yeah, I, I, think still, it I still don't well. know what Joe Blow is. What do you? What's this Joe Blow thing you keep talking about? You're gonna have to tell me later. Cause I will. <laughs> uh, well, you, you just are, you just earned the listeners a whole ad plug. Here you go, guys. Enjoy. Courtesy oh, yeah, of Grindhouse. Well, it's funny because it just it sounds like really irrelevant. So I don't know what it's about. Anyway, we can move on. Hello, friends. Don't you know the Joe Blow <laughs> Show? Don't you know? I'm Hebrew, <laughs> and I oh. am. Coming to you live from Joe Blow, don't you know? Yeah, buds. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, bud. Oh, yeah, bro. All I can say is this was not in the brochure, buds. <laughs> Ooh, 
where you guys can find us, joeblowhorshow at gmail.com. We're on all the major socials out there. We Joe have- Blow Horror Show Discord, motherfuckers. Yeah. We're also, I've got a page on the Facebook. Shutter is really fun if you're not. Hop on Shutter. Shutter. Oh, she's no. Oh, slasher. Slasher. <laughs> and I hope it was good for you as it was for us. Boom. <laughs>
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And then metaphorically, you know, that, that for him, that speaks of a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm starting to like this movie more. Damn it. When they were talking about the fish, though, and the, the ovaries, the dad was like, oh, I don't know about those ovaries. Like, he was almost trying to distance himself from too many details about the females. I see that to me felt like talking with your teenage son about things and how as a dad, it's a little awkward to talk with your teenage son about the ladies. It's a little awkward. He was into biology and dinosaurs and yeah, he definitely like, was that just like, yeah. like a nerdy thing a kid would say. I like the fact that they shared doing the dishes. That made me happy. I was like, that's good roommate yeah. policy, even though they're oh, yeah. father son. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, dad, dad'll do the dishes. That's Fuck good it. family. That's good family policy, cook. That even, whole... give him the, even give him the puppy a little bit of the fish snack. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, the yes. puppy's yeah. so cute. Yeah. This scene has them like actually getting into it too, where his son is concerned about his well being and oh, basically yeah. like, when are you going to get married? Straight yeah. up. Like, and going toward like to talk about for a second about how this culture in 1999, I guess, and I, I assume it, it works this way for a bunch of cultures around the world because he even talks about the idea of, uh, or his acts about an arranged marriage. Um, the way that they date here seemingly, uh, is very strange to me. So just saying, it's like, you could just decide I'm going to get married, meet somebody. Yeah. Formal as fuck. And then like after two or three dates, like, well, it's time to get married now. Cause. But (laughs) (laughs) we get married. That's what that's that's the the No, the misogyny part of it where the man has all the control. Oh, I, mean, I thought you were in, saying in, I was like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about like the the vibe that I get from the movie. Not not so much the culture, but the movie because I don't know anything about the culture, so I'm not judging that. But it was like the man has all the control up to a point, but then the woman has to say yes or no, and if she what whatever she says is what goes. And yeah, then, it felt, the whole thing felt robotic for both of them to me. I felt like the whole thing was just like. I don't understand it. So I didn't want to go off on it though. I just wanted to bring up that I noticed how weird it was to me. Like that's just a well, weird I way think to do that's it. That's the I think that's the whole part of what he is tired of though, is I think he's tired of that of that super traditional culture, which is why he does not want to go into the quote unquote dating scene. And which is why him and his partner put up the audition in the first place. You know, because he has these he has these values that he wants out of a woman where um, you know, he wants He has these ideals. Yeah, well, he was he was being an opportunist at that point because his friend came up with the idea and he did it to further not only, you know, his buddies. He just brought his buddy into something that he was going to already produce. But Ayama, fuck, I'm going to keep saying it wrong. I feel like Ayama, Ayama, he's an opportunist. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's an opportunist. He's like, oh, this is a way to narrow down, you know, my ideal, like Ricky just said. You know, he went along with it in the end, but he made a pretty good stand of being uncomfortable about the whole thing. You know, even during he the did. audition, he's like, I feel like a fraud or a felon. A criminal. A criminal. Like yeah. A criminal. Yep. He, he's not happy about the whole thing, but he does go along with it. So he's he's culpable in it. But he's definitely I don't know that he's like excited about the process or. Well, he does use it to his advantage, but he but he uses it in a way that gets him to the heart of what he's after. And the heart of what he's after is not, you know, is not a girl that's going to wear lingerie or a girl that's going to do butt stuff or whatever else. He's looking for like <laughs> true, like unrequited love, you know? And when someone's looking for true unrequited love, it's, I mean, you know, short of, you know, human sacrifice over a volcano altar, it's pretty hard to, for me to like judge somebody's motives. I think what he's after is still pretty pure. 
And then, you know, as we'll get into the movie later, we find out that I think his, I, I don't think his purity is ever, is ever besmirched in my eyes. I think he still has the one singular goal. You know, he wants to find a life partner, someone he can be with forever, not just, you know, the next shag or whatever else. Yeah. But then later in the movie, there's a couple of details that are revealed, not necessarily about him, but about Asami and how she reacts. Some may say overreacts to certain things. And well, shit goes south hard. I would never blame him. Like if you, if you gave me this scenario and said, Hey, these people have been married for 20 years and you're like, how'd they meet? He set up auditions and pretend I'd be like, wow, but can you argue with it? Can you really argue with it? It's a little fucked up. <laughs> he wasted a lot of people's time. Yeah, he did. It's it's unethical, I, I say. But yeah. Oh well, but he didn't though because they were actually trying to cast for a, a movie. That's what they were trying to do. That they weren't going to get. Well, but you don't you don't find out that you don't find that out later. That That's the, true. The, that the is true. Funding and the backing might be falling apart until later. So they were actually trying, but they were just kind of you know it's kind of like stacking a deck in your favor it's like here's what's happening here's what we have to play with i'm just going to put this one extra card in which is kind of what he did you know yeah. not knowing that the deck would fall apart later that's why i was saying he was an opportunist they, they even developed yeah. it into a radio program which i wanted to ask whenever that the radio program of this thing they're making they made the radio version version of it mm-hmm. and is that asami listening to it at her apartment or wherever she's at when when it fades to black before the next scene, there's they show a girl listening to it, and it's being the what's coming over the radio is being inspirational. Honestly, I saw that I saw that as young Asami. That's what I saw, young Asami listening to something that was very similar. That's what I took away from that. The the whole you can be a heroine too, so you know keep doing this and keep doing that. So that's that's what I took away from it. As as part of probably her motivation to try out for the part in the first place, like wanting to be the leading lady, wanting to be the heroine, that's what I took away. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. It was definitely a scene where there was a young girl listening to the radio, and she was listening to the same thing that uh, Ayamo was listening to in the car. So, but mm-hmm. again, that's that whole time warp thing with this movie. Unless you have a solid nugget of where I am in time, you don't necessarily know where you are in time. Ayama has the fucking task of going through all these resumes, basically. He's just got like a stacks of women in front of him, but in paper form. And he's got to narrow it down to 30 women and he's got like a week to do it or something. They're going to like start, shoot, you know, casting. So he, he um, spills his drink or whatever, immediately finds Asami and he's smitten. Mm-hmm. And I like this. This part uh, was kind of like, okay, awkward again. But I still found it a little charming uh, between the father and son because he meets uh, his son's girlfriend. And they're studying and they're going off about dinosaurs. And I was like, that's dope. Yeah, but um, his dad, like as his dad's leaving, they have this fun little thing where he and I guess in their culture, that's the thing you would do is like offer to cook. You know, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dad gives him the because well, she ate because she ate his dinner because there was dinner for two and she showed up and she was hungry so she ate. Yeah, I get what happened. Home. I and just thought was it was like, cute. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no, I thought it was too. I mean, I like I, and I don't even think I don't. I would hope it's not part of Japanese culture. I would hope it's part of culture anywhere. Where if you fuck up and eat someone's dinner, you're gonna be like, sorry about that. I'm gonna hook you up. If you're the dad and you're coming home late from work, you're doing whatever else, and all of a sudden someone's eating your dinner, <laughs> I've been like, 
Like, you know what? I was looking forward to one thing all day long. <laughs> Who gets the last slice of pizza, guys? Exactly right. Yeah. You know, yeah, no. that was that she was being polite um, to offer to make him dinner. Yeah. Not that he was actually going to go through with it, but just like the whole like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll, I'll make this right. But of course, the dad's like, no, it's, it's cool. Like, it's the kind of kind gesture that you refuse. Right, exactly. You have to. It's also part of it that you say, "Oh, no, thanks, no thanks." But that's like, oh, so you make it, you make it knowing that someone's going to refuse. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Okay, but it's, it's showing her as this like polite girl who's interested in studies and and whatever. So it's when the dad's like, "Hey, you found a good one." Yeah, yeah he gives, he gives like, me. Yeah, she kind of she checks all the boxes. Yeah, yeah. And he gives the dad like gives the him the A OK sign. Yeah. <laughs> Again with the ideals. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to show her home, right? And he's like, of course. There are so many parts of this movie where I love how the society functions and I love how they value people. And I love how people just do these small basic things to be good to each other. Like you show a girl home at the end of the night. I just, I love all of that stuff. I just love it. Grindhouse is a 1950s romantic. You're oh, yeah. fucking A right I am. Homeboy walks the dog, Gangu. All right, Gangu is a good name. Gangu the dog, yep. Yeah, Gangu is a good boy. Yep. Gangu the kangaroo is what I kept thinking in my head, and I don't know why. Don't know why. Because it rhymes in your <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, love it. I I, I love I love <laughs> simple things like skin and marine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the auditions begin. Sorry. The audition montage is fun. <laughs> the audition montage is super fun. It's oh, like it, it flips into a comedy for five minutes, and you're just. Yeah. Like, happy to be there for it oh and there's so many there's so many like questions and it's like i i actually wrote a bunch of them down it's like have you had love with sex were you a cheerleader i was a dancer would you work in the sex industry well one of my friends does so maybe um are you uh would you do sex scenes are you a psychic what kind of men do you hate (laughs) um and then one guy's like i'm nervous i have to go to the toilet and that's where he gets that that like really front lit shot of her from the back because she's sitting at that table. And that was one of the first, like she's dressed in white, you know, and sort of, I mean, I don't want to quite call her ghostly because she's not, but she's almost kind of ghostly. She's yeah. ghostly. Okay. You're itching to say something. Say ghostly Bay. I have super <clears throat> virginal. That's, that's what I pick up. Super virginal. Okay. Yep. Pure, pure yeah. all day. She Madonna. Yeah. yeah. Well, Idealistic. Yeah, there we go. And then we jump into the one lady who's talking about all of her suicide attempts. Suicide attempt number one was right here. Number two was right here. <laughs> it was like... I shouldn't have laughed as hard as I did at I all shouldn't that, have but, I did. Did. I did. but I did. But it's me. the director's fault for making Correct. it funny. Correct, yeah. And then <laughs> Thank the you, one, BK. And then the one lady pops in and they're like, have we interviewed you already? And she's like, yes, but I had more to say. <laughs> 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 okay. And then we get Asami. Finally. She's Her- so deadpan. Yes, yeah. yeah. She's so just like I, I use the word stale. She's just like like everything is like yes, no, and thank you. You know? Like, can we ask about this? Yes. Um, so how was it? It was good. Well like, she told she told him that she was like basically work like being taken care of. She she talked. She talked about working at a place for several weeks. She talked about uh that record executive that's taking care of her and shit like that. But the thing about her, I mean, I guess stale, but to me, I thought it was more like she was so beaten down. And because even in the things she wrote, she had said, like, I don't expect to get the part. It's like she, she almost seemed like her head was down the whole time. Oh, yeah. She's like she very. Did. Yeah. 
Yeah, very yeah, much. Definitely very looking at the floor. But the funny part is that everything that she expanded upon in her audition slash interview, everything she expanded upon were people that she had already either maimed or killed. Yep. Yeah. The rest she, of the, the whole rest of her life, she didn't she didn't expand on any of that except for people that she had maimed or killed. So it was weird. It was weird to me that it was so. This is thinking back on the movie, but it was like now that I've seen the whole thing and I've digested the whole thing and I can think about all that. It's like in her audition, everything that she talked about were basically really negative things like murder. Yeah, she's a stone cold killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that girl cray cray. Mm-hmm. After talking to Asami on the phone, like because homeboy can't take it anymore, he's got to call her. Uh, they he basically sets up their own private date. So at this point, I don't know that it would, that would be part of the unethical, right? Okay, oh, please. I, think, I think, I think I heard you say the word unethical. Is that correct? No, I'm asking, I'm asking since what he's all, I know he's already knee deep in unethical. So I'm, I'm establishing further that this is further unethical behavior on his part to call one of the people privately and have a private date. But she, but based on what happens, she's like super thrilled about all of it. So. In, in in a way, it's like this dude was never how he set it up. Yes, yes, definitely. But the well, way she, she the way well, she, she goes yeah. with it, and and it's like he, I would think, fuck, man, she's into me. Awesome, this is awesome. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think, I don't think him calling her was unethical. I think that was him sort of um, following through with the plan. Maybe a little bit, maybe maybe going against. The, the social conformities and doing what he wanted for a change. Cause he's, 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 he's a guy that has been done. He's been doing what society has expected of him for ages and ages and ages. He had a wife, he got married, he had a kid, the wife died. He had a business. He kept going. He raised the kid. The kid's doing awesome, but he's been doing things for everybody, but him for a long and for the one. So this is like the one thing that he's done just for him. And yes, the start of it is shady. I will give you that, but I don't think. I struggle with calling a woman like on the telephone being shady. I don't think it was just, I mean, yeah, he had access to her phone number or whatever else, but I don't think it's shady. I think it's him doing something for himself for a change. Um, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of forethought thought in him calling her. I think it, he was just head over heels smitten as soon as he met her and talked to her. It was like game over. He's going to be pursuing this woman. He's going to fall in love with her foregone conclusion. Yes. And to Travis's point, she was all over it. So I think if she had said no, to me, I think he would have been like, okay, fine, you know, but she didn't say no. She was like, I am so happy and I've had nobody to confide in and you are so warm and caring. And he was just like, hibbity, hibbity. Well, that's, I mean, he does like, he was in, he was in the butter zone. So why would you not continue? It's almost like the stuff she's saying in the beginning is like, not really what she's been saying or something. It's like so fantastical. Yeah. You know what? I, I think his motives are pure. I, I've gone back and forth a little bit, and I think there are two things that are, like, sketchy, and that's the setting up of the audition and then also that jilted office romance woman that keeps oh, coming back up. Yeah. You don't get a lot about that. But other than that, he is squeaky clean. I mean, he waits seven years after his wife dies. He takes good care of his son. He's not after some young piece of ass. He's in it for love. So, anyway, I think he's all right in the end. Yeah, yeah, he's an all right dude. He's an all right kind of guy. Yeah. Um, it, it, speaking of, he finds out that the people that she's talking about, the people they can tr- sort of track down are missing. He brings it up at their dinner, their, their date, 
their unofficial first date. And uh, she admits that she lied about knowing these people because she was told that it was good to always have a contact. Yeah. And he and he's so smitten. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Makes yeah. perfect sense. That yep. clears it. Awesome. <laughs> but that's, that's it's that's actually very... it's actually a Sami that asks to go on another date. She says, I hope we can do this again. Yes. She yep. says, so how would he not think, man? Yeah, she's awesome. So this it's super possible. This dude is. He's, well, I also can't. think it's. I think it. I think it's the point where he's pretty much. If you have any misgivings about him, I think that's the point where he's pretty much cleared of all of his misgivings. Like, yeah, I mean, he's she really like, likes him. Yeah, it's like clean slate. She's into him. The the whatever happened before that, whatever. It just it just it's it's just water under the uh, under the bridge at this point. Under the fridge. This under is the, the, fridge. the water next under the fridge. The next bit here is where the movie starts to take its dark turn for me. This is where I can start to see the horror elements beginning Be- because we get his, his, uh, is that his boss, Yoshikawa or is it just one of his people he works with? I took it as a business partner because he's supposed to be the guy that sort of owns the business. He's supposed to be the guy. So it's like a partner. That's, okay. what, I, that's, that's what I took it as. Well, he's warning him. Like, I don't, I, I feel uneasy about you and this girl and you should probably wait before you call her. And stuff like that, but we cut to Asami oh. sitting on the floor of yeah. what who knows where, and it this place is disgusting looking, run down, and there's some large sack in the corner. Yes, <laughs> this imagery is fucked. It's that's that's like a little image out of a oh, nightmare. Her spine, man. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking the way up. she's sitting there, all fucking weird and contorted yeah. and. The hair draped down around the neck, and then oh, she yeah. her head down onto the neck. She's but, just, she's so skinny; it's like she looks broken. Yeah, she, she looks like a little yeah, broken she looks skeleton scary. person. And and that fucking smile. Yeah, that's the, the scene. Well, the that's, oh, that's the moment I knew she was a I monster was when she smiled. <laughs> Whenever that phone started ringing, she's like, "I got so him. cool." Yeah, yeah. She's like, "I got his ass now. He's mine. I'm gonna be sawing off some feet tonight, cause." <laughs> She let that motherfucker ring a long time oh. too, cuz. Yeah. But then that fucking sack, mm-hmm. that sack moves around by itself. The first That's jump like, scare oh, of the film, bro. Fucking yeah. A. Okay. They go immediately from, from fucking like, yeah, we're just going on two dates and it's all groovy, baby, to all of a sudden we're at the beach. I'm a ghost on the at the beach, I'm a ghost in the room. Right. I'm a ghost that gets naked and lays in the bed and tells oh, you come scene, here. That scene where she's uh, again, oh man, she's that, so creepy that whole time. That white, like that white stone stairs, and then that stone wall, and she's looking out at the ocean, and her dress is just flowing. Oh, yeah, but what she does next is creepier. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I've never been so creeped out by a naked woman, <laughs> by a woman undressing, and just all that. And he's seen The Shining, so I'm just yeah. saying. It's true. It's true. Not and well. This... That that I guess that's a lie because that lady scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it seems it seems like they're they're about to make yeah. love, but she makes him make a promise, like you're gonna love me and no one else. And he's right. like, "Yep." And they go to make love, <laughs> and he's but, like, "Yep." But then I don't know what happens. I don't know if they make love or if she drugged him and left. But he wakes up alone and yeah, Shingharu. She, well, I, I don't. I I'm in my notes. I have a Shingharu, but he he wakes up and she's gone, and the phone is ringing, and it's the reception desk, and he's like, "Um, 
We just wanted to, wanted you to know your companion left, so we wanted to know if you're going to be keeping the reservation and staying here. And then he's like, what the, she left? What the fuck? You know, so then we pop ahead to him and his business partner again, and they're talking, and, you know, and he's like, you know, hey, I told you there was something wrong with her. And he's like, no, 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 there just must have been some sort of misunderstanding. Yeah, he's know? being really petulant right now. He's being petulant yeah. as fuck. Yoshikawa's like, like, dude, I told you. I told you this shit was going to happen. And you said you could be a man and handle it. Look mm-hmm. at you, cuz. Yeah, and, and he's absolutely not. So then he goes on his um, inspector gadget tour of the world. And he's <laughs> just going to find her, you know? And he is going, like, everywhere. And where on earth is Carmen San Diego, cuz? Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, where the fuck is Walt Dildo? Uh, <laughs> so then he finds the guy in the wheelchair playing the piano. And this was this, this for fucking me was guy. Gonna, this is when it got like like started to get really creepy for me, you know. And especially, it's like, you know, he asked him all these questions, and this is the question thing again. It goes back to the audition, and he, like the original audition when they're asking all the questions. There was all these questions. He's like, "Have you seen her? Have you heard her voice? Have you touched her body? Have you made love to her? Was it good? You know." And then he's like, "Did you smell her?" But then they had another one of those really, one of the first really like creepy kid scenes. Yeah, it's a flashback to uh, a Sami. And it's, 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 it's not creepy. It's yucky. It's a yucky kid scene. Um, yeah, that man's burning her with like a, I don't know, a tuning fork incense. or some shit. <laughs> it's incense sticks. It's incense. It's yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's being a, he's torturing her and being a real fucking creepo. Yeah, that's that's what she was revealing to him in the uh, the bedroom scene. She was like, I guess, insecure about it. Right. And the burn scars on her thighs. And it turns out they're from incense sticks that that her stepfather gave her. Yeah. The torture from her childhood. I mean, again, that's the monsters making monsters. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. And then the guy has the he has those weird wooden feet, you know, (laughs) right. He stands up and he has those weird like, um, he took clogs to the the Balenciaga level or whatever that shit's called. Pretty much, yeah. Like the well, like the weird like uh, samurai slash Buddha wooden toga feet, you yeah. know. And then it was like then his last just like go away. And it's like you his know? feet have been amputated, and he's got like lace up skin boots, <laughs> prosthetic feet, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're prosthetic feet, but it's like they're. I mean, even 1999, it seems like we probably could have done a little better. I don't think, yeah, they don't seem like realistic prosthetic feet. Well, they're like homemade. Like somebody made them for him so he could occasionally yeah. get out of his wheelchair so he didn't have to crawl across the floor for his young victims. So he could. Yeah, play. I was wondering about that though, because I think she, when she's talking about her past, her stepdad is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's also like she's got a penchant for cutting people's feet off. Yes, she does. So I'm wondering, like, if he's maybe the first victim of. That's what I. That's what I figured. I mean, yeah. like, the to me, it's like, what are the odds? I mean, unless she was just like well, looking at first... him, like, man, this dude has trouble getting around. Well, when she first, when she first mentioned him, <laughs> she called him. Yeah, it's just a good idea when she, she she called him disabled. She called him disabled, and he was at home all the time. I think she did. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't. It. it... Yeah. Well, well, I'm going to go ahead and assume she did. That guy would have actually deserved it. I mean, yeah, yeah he, he is a scumbag. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This scourge on humanity. Well, ne- next on his trip, though, he goes to the stonefish you were talking about. This this scene's fucking dope because the, now you get creepy landlord guy. 
who talks to you from behind the corner for for about a good two minutes, and I'm like, That's why some are you awesome doing that? Framing on that staircase. I'm a, I'm gonna reenact it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Popping in and out like a yeah. fucking three fingers, a diglet. <laughs> um, Blood sword on the hallway. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing he finds out that this place has been closed for fucking months and that the person who was living there the owner got murdered cut up into pieces but the weird fucked up thing is that the police found like extra fingers and an extra tongue so Three extra fingers an ear and a tongue yeah they're there it's adding to the where mystery. they came from <laughs> asami breaks into aoma's house i'm still saying it wrong after the housekeeper leaves and um, her perspective, it focuses a lot on the picture of the wife mm-hmm. and on the decanter. So yes. mm-hmm. she shen- just goes apeshit. Just shen- shen- shenanigans. Instantly apeshit though. But that's the, that's the one part for me. Like I, I wondered if it was what I took away from it is it was the, it was the focus of a young person, not having the wisdom of an older person, understanding that, like in that case, and, and not that he was married before and got divorced, she died. Okay. It wasn't one of those things where they had a amicable or disamicable parting of the ways. She died, you know? So I don't think having a picture out, I, I think that's pretty normal, I think, you know? But she, this is the part where it's like, to me, she like, like went batshit and like way overreacted. Like yeah. Way overreacted. She, oh, yeah. She, she thinks she has him pegged and has his quote-unquote plot pegged and she does to a degree except that his intentions were pure um uh, his son even leaves a voicemail saying like i'm not going to be home tonight so she hunkers down and when when dad returns he starts drinking and passes out into the motherfucking i don't know backwards upside down place the fucking the mother of all flashbacks it gets intense the mother oh yeah this yeah. is we get different backstories here uh, in different parts, like like Grindhouse was saying, different kernels. They're told in different ways. Um, now, you know, Asami's talking about being abused when she was a child. Uh, cold baths in the winter. I was like, God damn, getting pushed down the stairs. The first date went like way more intimate and way less casual. But but then the ghost of his dead wife shows up. He's she or she's warning him and. This whole sequence is crazy. It is just kind of crazy, but I don't I don't know what its purpose is other than to just bring you to crazy mode for a minute. As far as the the story we were being told, like I I don't know it. I like it. I don't know its purpose, honestly. Well, certainly, but I mean, th- throughout the whole movie, I mean, there if if there was one from Asami's point of view, if there was one um, part about her that I focused on, and I wonder why this is, is that she was a ballerina and she did she did ballet forever until she damaged her hips somehow and then couldn't do ballet anymore. So the ballet parts to me were particularly creepy, but mostly yucky. There was a lot of yucky in the ballet parts for me. Um, But then she talked a lot about uh, how ballet had saved her Mm. and it like had purified her of her ugly feelings, but then she lost that. And it was like coming to terms with death. Yeah. Exactly. That line really stuck with me. I was like, "Damn." Well, that's what it is when you when you when you're unable to do something that you love anymore. It, it is like a it, it's like dying and having to come to terms with it. But like that's... you come to terms with dying, but then you have to keep going anyway. It's like, I mean, metaphorically, that's like, I mean, I don't know if there's a if there's a harder harder hurdle to jump over. 
what what a what ayama perceived as wisdom from her is that that was the reason he was first attracted to her is is that that understanding that she had right correct yep yep but then he's at that dinner and that's that like the the flashback dinner that you're talking about and he sees his wife and, and the wife is like don't marry her yeah don't marry her but then he's back in the room with asami and it's like she's almost like forcibly like trying to go down on him you know Mm-hmm. But then he sees we're in her sister. we're in her apartment by the way now like yes. wherever she had she been that torn up place fucking yeah. burlap sack that I'm gonna end up in one of these days <laughs> I'm gonna end up there if you if you come to this podcast one night and I come on a camera there's just a burlap sack sitting in this chair you know what happens you just need okay. to love only me yeah yeah there yeah. you go only you okay I saw his I, fucking feet off I, I'm working on that <laughs> Alice make us a promise if we ever saw his feet off you got us in this video yeah. Well, well, no, I would, I would expect her to send you each a foot. That's what I would <laughs> That's even better. We each get a foot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My collection grows. Send oh, Travis no. a fucked up toenail, okay? Send Travis a with a fucked up toenail. Okay. Just for the record. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what, what, happen, what happens uh, right here with the vomit getting Rickles? Oh God. Oh, God. I, I can't. I can't. You tell it. Oh, the crying oh, mutilated God. vomit gimp? Oh, that fucking guy. This well, is this- where... Is- he needs to go back in the sack. He he makes me sad. Uh, yeah. Well, this goes back to <laughs> to jump back just a little bit. This goes back to this guy, and I think what is what I what I perceived as his purity because as he goes through these various BJ scenes, he goes through he goes through um, obviously Asami, and then he goes through his assistant, and like he's been there, so it's like I don't think it's anything new, but he's like, no, I don't really want this. But then he sees the son's <laughs> he's like, what the fuck. You know, he's yeah, like, no, it's... this is absolutely not, you know. And as that happens, he sort of trips over that big sack, but the sack moves. Yeah. What the, you know. And so he starts kind of poking at the bag with his foot, and then the bag opens. And it's masterful. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely masterful. And the the thing that crawls out of it has got super long hair, but it's also missing fingers and ear. And, and chunks of hair. The goddamn tongue. <laughs> and his tongue, yeah, that's sewed up in the back of the that visual. Yeah, the sewed up tongue in the back of the mouth with with still with the with the sutures there. Oh my and god! Those scenes when they cut to the tongue flopping on the floor oh, that, that gets me every time. A little floppy crappy. Yeah. Oh god, oh. that was yeah. I, just, I really like I really like the scenes from his point of view where he's like, oh, <laughs> he's oh, like, yeah. come here, give me that. And he's like crawling with the oh Jesus, yeah. yeah. Osami <laughs> feeds that vomit gimp a whole dog yeah. bowl but full of vomit, it. boy. The cool part but is even you, you hear it before you see it. Yeah, you do. You do. Honestly, and how the, do you drink out of a dog bowl without a tongue? How does that work? Oh, it's he so hard. Gobble, he just has, has to gobble, to gobble it, in. it up like an yeah. yeah. animal. Fuck. I really oh. like when he's kneeling and you get the shot from the back of these, like, dirty-ass tidy whities oh, Yeah. It's young Asami <laughs> in the front petting him like a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool too that they switched back to her for that. And yeah. I think I think when they're doing that, they're kind of saying like this is the state of mind of the character at that moment, or at least maybe the feeling of that character at that moment. Like something in her, in her pure mind, her pure mind to her, she's like being kind to a pet and feeding right. it, and yeah. and somehow she's getting love out of this somehow in her in her pure mind. <laughs> right, in but, her pure uh, mind, she got. Oof. Well, I think what the music producer did was he was still seeing that bar owner on the side. So that's why she kills her and cuts off his fingers and keeps him in a sack. 
Oh, agreed. But I okay. think she's definitely okay. like in this sadistic hunt for guys who screw over women. Right. And that's how she finds the music producer in the first place. So she's definitely trying to reenact uh, some sort of relationship where she has a different power dynamic than the ones where she was abused as a child. Oh, so it wasn't happenstance. She was hunting. And that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about is like, do you guys think there was ever a moment when she's courting Aoyama where she's not putting on a pretense, where she's actually being her true self I don't up and trying to find no. true love. I don't. I think she's a predator, and that's why I love her so much. Oh, I think she's just a, an amazing predator because everything she says is so fantastical, and it's so much what this guy needs and wants to hear. And yes, yeah, yes. man, I think I think she's a well. And now that now that you say the things <sighs> about the record producer, I think that even more now that. That once, so she got away from the stepfather, went out in the world, found the record producer, figured out what he was, and then went out and probably tried to hunt for more people like him. And a right. casting, a casting call was probably the, the, a great place to find the next kill. And she even, she even, you know, like <laughs> put a bunch of personal shit out there and probably with the intention to make herself seem like someone who could be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I mean? She, she's pure. Look at her. Look at look at her. Her little resume and how she talks about like all this downtrodden shit and everything. And yeah, man. The more I, the more I, I think about this, the more I agree. Well, and then she's even even more to the point. She's actually able to skip over it by calling it calling it not a lie, but you know, a, a diversion from the truth because somebody told me it would be better if I had a contact. So I mean, she's not only. Not only did she do the first thing, but she's able to like completely kick you off balance and make you think like, well, okay, I get that. That's kind of what anybody would do. Anybody would, anybody would, you know, bullshit on the resume a little bit because that's what we all do. Right. So, oh, wow. Okay. Getting deep. Lots of digest. Lots of digest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and at the end of Mm -hmm. that fucking crazy ass dream sequence. Dance you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) that was so (laughs) you know okay so i'm i'm married to a ballerina okay i'm married to a ballerina i hate that guy (laughs) the whole dancing thing that that, for some reason that was just like just all of it i was sitting here just like chewing on my knuckle like oh god the the catharsis came with the decapitation oh Uh, yeah bro And that, it's that, so rad. That sweet garage she had what, while that he's was, playing the piano and yeah. doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that I was like, a good kill. I like she says, uh, "This wire can cut easily through flesh and bone." Yes. I'm like, she's about to get your ass, cause and she's just so calm mm-hmm. and and collected the whole time. Well, and the weird part was so was he though, because she came up there and very delicately put that on. Yeah, he knew, he knew his time was and up. And then sort of tightened it and then she kind of like doubled up her fists and then just started, she started to cut and he was still talking and still playing. Yep. And then you get towards the end and she's pulling and the blood is starting to flow more heavily out of his neck. And then let they get to the end and she just goes, <laughs> just, it's, just pops the elbow. It's just the grin Ooh. is like yeah. growing as she's going. Yes. And, and then the head just goes, on the piano and it's like oh god yeah that's also how you know she's enjoying what she's doing she's enjoying that she's goddamn giddy by the end yeah yeah boom we're back from the flashback 
We're yeah. back to the real fucking world. And this is where we see Asami getting ready in like like a little back room, like a closeted area. Did we skip the part where he's back in the hotel or does that come later? Comes later. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped ahead. And she knows this movie. And not a professional. Um <laughs> couple of things here. First of we're all, all swamp donkeys good the dog is dead which just bummed me the fuck out that's how you know it's a monster again ricky said not, that I shit just did not like that but she's getting ready um like i dug her like almost i got like almost like I, I don't i'm gonna just butcher this so just everybody just be nice to me here but her apron that she has on Yes, mm-hmm. with all the buckles and everything. Yes, that's fucking super symbolic of the whole thing. But then, oh, I know what Ricky thinks. Oh yeah, you know where mom's at. Well, so dad's down, but then she has the she's preparing the needle, and so bonus points to anybody that knows what that little glass vial is called—the little glass vial she was pulling the medication out of. I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. I couldn't remember. It. I had to Google. It's called an ampule. And that's what medications used to come in. They used to come in these little things called ampules, and it was all glass, and you had to snap the glass top off to use it. Whoa, um, that seems dangerous. Yeah. Um, well, it took me back to like the to like the middle seventies. There was a movie called The Deep. I'm not sure if anyone's ever seen The Deep. Nope. Jack Bissett, Nick Nolte. Go watch it; it's awesome. Um, but it, it just gave me a little like nipple twinge, so it was awesome. Ooh, um, but he, she, uh, he, he almost gonna wish that's all he had. Yeah, no, she's oh, she's it, goddamn it, it, decked it, it, out. Head to toe. Yep. What she's got that BDSM hostile shit going on. But it's also finally like her character in the real world, not in some flashback or what else. She's finally animated. She's finally Mm -hmm. like moving and doing something other than saying thank you. You know, or bye. She's doing something. She's finally showing some kind of emotion. She like rolls him off to the side and then puts down a tarp that kind of looks like it might cinch up into, into a, a sack. sack. Yep. That's his future exactly. home. Yep. He is going to be the new Belial. So. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the new the castle time. freak, but he lives in that sack. Exactly. But then at the same time, she's like lambasting him for the for the audition. And he's yeah. like, you know, you're just all the same. And, you know, it's like all, all those women and all, uh, and you know, and she's just busting. But then she breaks out that fucking barrage of needles. And well, b- before she does that, though, this is another reason, you know, she is sadistically enjoying this is she tells him that the, the paralyzed the toxin she gave him to paralyze him also will enhance all of this, like his nerves. So the pain is going to be that much more excruciating. Yes, with, he can't move, but he will feel everything tenfold. And okay, she injects it. Torture porn. <laughs> she, well, no, but th- well, this part, the last 15, 15 minutes of the movie, whatever this is, is you know meant to be that but this is what everyone focuses on because it's it's such a shock yeah well and she keeps saying deeper deeper and she's she just keeps talking about how all words are lies you know and she said only when you're in pain can you truly see your own shape clearly the shape clearly you know and then again she's just she's driven all these needles into him but again, I still think that's metaphorically a part of her wanting to be deep inside him and being loved. I still think that's metaphorically. I might be wrong, but I'm just going to go with it because I mean, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. But then she like, after driving all these needles in him, then she just like hops on top of him. Oh, that's that's my favorite. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I mean, it was like. The way she hops on him and it's like, I mean, like, I mean, yeah. obviously it's it's kind of sexual, but it's like. Just a tiny bit, yeah. But it's. 
Oh god, it's just so gnarly. She's crushing oh. all them fucking needles in yeah, deep bro. in his fucking ass. That yeah. motherfucker's even oh, though he's paralyzed, she's just, he's she's in so much pain. She's penetrating the shit out of yeah. him. God. <laughs> when she starts going for his eyes, dude, like he's oh. he's paralyzed, but he's still moving because oh, it's, he's in so much pain. Mm-hmm. He's eyes, flailing. Dude. Oh, the, the the eyes are the he. Yeah. Oh, faulty, faulty. Yeah. 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 It became well, it goes, became cosmic just now. She goes, <laughs> she goes above, above and below his eyeballs and. The, the thing that I can think of is that she wants to she wants to inflict the most fear and she wants to inflict the most pain, but she also wants him to see everything. So she's not going to ruin his vision, right? She wants him to see everything that's going to happen. So, like, because he gets to a point where it's like he's like he's like looking around and the needles are like almost following his eyeballs. And I like when she fucking slaps on the needles that are fucking his eye. Oh god, that was fucking like that was one of the. One time in this movie where like my butthole puckered it was just like, oh god. Yeah, I don't think I pooped. Not gonna lie. The I whole the whole yeah. scene here puckers me. Ugh. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I was gonna ask, like I, I kind of enjoy this scene actually. Uh oh. Uh, but I don't <laughs> know if you think it's scarier watching it as a guy. Oh, I can uh, only I can only speculate, but like yeah. it's it, it, yeah, yeah, it, it works on me for sure because you never know somebody and what somebody's capable of. And yeah. like, yeah, like, like a, a little syringe is all it takes for this woman to have her way with him. She's like an eight pound woman, and yeah, 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 and, yeah. She has her way with him. Um, after after paralyzing him, he's he can't move, and well, she doesn't even really have any fun ways with him too. It's like, it's her way, but it's her way. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. She 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 does what the fuck she wants to do. I don't know. Um, I guess I never thought about it like that. But oh, but like even after she flicks all that needles, it's like she's talking about. She talks about uh, his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when she brings up his son, I'm like, yeah, oh like, no! And, and you love him, which is more proof you could never love only me. Right. And it's like. And, and that was okay. So for me, she's she, reaffirming her her justification for doing all this twisted shit. Is what she's doing. No, she definitely is. But that's but that's one of the few times where I'm like, okay, now you're a little bit off your rocker, lady, because you know what, the whole the whole fucking world. Now is, you're a little bit. Well, I honestly, I but for the whole movie, I felt a lot for the character of Asami. I did. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, you're 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 meant to until at this point, I think. Yeah, and, and at this point, when it's like, okay. But you can't. But you. But you love your son, so that means you can't love only me. And that's like, okay. So when when it comes to love and it comes to a family, like picking one person is a little bit too focal and a little bit too crazy. It's like the whole fucking world is full of blended families. I'm I, I, I'm a blended family. Ricky, you're a blended family. Okay. You know what? So love is not a singular focal thing, right? You gotta you, you gotta do what you can do in the moment. You can do it on any given day but you're always going to help everybody because that's just what happens. But when you got someone who's so fucking crazy and like, no, I have to be your singular focus. Fucking it's a very, bunny, bunny very childlike too. You know, just, you know, well, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, why can't you play with me? And it's like, well, okay. And I think that that goes back, going back to when she was petting the vomit gimp and she was the little girl again. I think that's something that maybe the director is, Intending, I think that's you part of the intention. Okay, that makes sense, dude. That makes a lot. You of know, because she's okay. got she was damaged as a child, and she's still sort of a child. But 
I don't know, man. I'm too high to really talk about this movie, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. It's heady. Well, it gets heady, but right this here, is, this is a deep movie, bro. Like it really, oh, yeah. it's a really, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. Well, but then she gets, but then she gets brick and mortar and is like, well, you can't go anywhere without your feet. Yeah. And she she pulls out her signature weapon. Yeah. Her fucking yeah, sawtooth garrote. I love that thing. I want one. I hope I hope my wife doesn't have one. I was gonna she, say if you uh, get, I would be scared to get one. Were I in your predicament, bud? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's got that sack. She's got that fucking sack laid she's out like, on the bed bring, right now. I'll, I'll, I'll bring the sock. She can bring the sack, and it's just gonna be a party. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh God. If you, you know, she sets up the. You know, she puts her leg down, and she's she's starting to go. And then I love how the camera backs to outside of the window. And yeah. you're watching her, and it's quiet, and she's just going, and then she gets it off. Just whip. Against <laughs> <laughs> the window, you see this blood splatter, and then she gets started on the next one. Oh, yeah. I mean, in a normal, quote-unquote, horror movie, you're going to see blood and guts and veins and whatever else. And in this, what do they do? They pan out, and they show you somebody just working really hard, and, just doing, and then all of a sudden, floop, out comes the foot. It was just like, like it was just a matter of course. Like okay, that's what I, I was cutting a photo off. Of course, this was gonna happen. What do you what do you think was gonna happen? Like oh, I just it's just like so like duh, you know. I just she, I love that she, about. It. She channeled her inner art, the clown with that foot toss. Oh, big time! Yeah, big time! Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that. She yeah. yeah, she when she starts to work on the second foot, that's when the movie takes another little turn because the son who wasn't supposed to be home yep. shows the fuck up, and Asami grabs some fucking mace. I guess I don't know if that's knockout mace or just mace. I think it's like knockout mace. It's supposed to be the way she's spritzing it. I, I got the impression that she was trying to put him to sleep with it. I thought she was intimidating because don't she get him in the face pretty good, but he ends up calling the cops. Well, she gets him, she gets him down on the floor and she's trying to spritz him. And then he gives her that fucking, the fucking wonderful, like Bruce Lee Godzilla kick where she just goes and like <laughs> flies down the stairs, you know, then he stands up and she's down there and you can see the bone protruding out of her neck, like where her neck broke. Yeah. So this is, this is one of those movies where I'm not going to lie. This ending, this, how this happened as realistic as it is. Cause it is, I was kind of let down with that. Just every time I watch this movie, I, I'm a little bit let down by like, at least by that part, her falling, that's being dispatched so quickly. Right. Like it happens so quickly. Yeah. I wanted more of a, more of a fight. Yeah. She I wanted so many people. And then, oh. you know, just for the kid to, with, a, with one kick, then it's right. over. One kick and Dunzo. From in the movie, I mean, he's somewhat of a, I mean, he's a side character. I wouldn't, but yeah, I don't know. But everything else up to that, just that moment, the neck, even the neck break I looks could dope have as used, fuck. I could have used some more psychedelic ambiguity for an ending. I like, I like that it went, it did all that and then brought you back and kept you there. Like, honestly. Just, just, just for this, I guess. I, if they'd have went back to psychedelic land, though, I mean, I'd be there with it. I'd be there. Yeah, bud. I'd be there to watch that shit. Well, okay. So, I mean, the simplest part to sum this end up is that his son walks in and is like, "Dad, what happened?" But then all of a sudden, he wakes up and, he, and he, he's they're back at the seaside hotel and he's he's laying next to Asami and he's like, flips the sheets up and checks for his feet, you know, like panics and like pen and. Um, and then she says, I've decided to accept your proposal. And he's like, um, proposal? <laughs> like, wait, what? 
and she basically says, you know, out of all the girls at the audition, I must have been the luckiest. You know, I didn't get the lead part, you know. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're we're back to reality. The kid says, you know, like, who are you? And that's when she starts chasing him with the, I'm guessing, is some kind of chloroform in a... Yeah, like yeah. a perfume bottle or something. A perfume bottle, basically, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but I'm really curious what you guys thought about why they put that like flashback scene to the hotel that didn't happen it's like they're trying to deke you into thinking oh this is all a dream like his feet really didn't get cut off but then they snap you right back after that so what the hell was the point of of that little snippet being in there to fuck with you it was to fuck with you and it it, for me it did that it fucked with you it was just like oh well he's things are fine what the and then we're right back to where the kid's asking who she is, and she's trying to chase him around and spritz him with that. I'm guessing it's chloroform or whatever in the in the old perfume bottle. I it's it's got to be either chloroform or some kind of I don't know acid or something. I thought maybe at one point I got the vibe that it was it's like something perfect. fucked up. I know like that. a knockout gas, you know, because she was like, yeah. she seemed like she came semi prepared. So I'm guessing she had something in there that would do that. Oh, yeah, she she um, she prepared because she brought the apron and everything. Uh, exactly, yeah. And then she gets him up top of the stairs and he falls down. And then she's trying to spritz him, but then he gives her that, like I said, that fucking Bruce Lee slash Godzilla karate kick where she just goes, <laughs> I mean, she literally does the backwards Superman, like down the stairs and you hear the thud and the crunch. And he stands up and she's at the bottom. And there's that scene where her neck is pulsating. <laughs> yeah. I just, I died for some reason. I, but you could see the bone sticking out. So you could see that her neck was broken. You see Ayama on the floor, sort of starting to come out of his paralytic drugs and she's looking at him and she starts talking to him and she goes through all of the sweet nothings that she whispered through the entire movie. I thought you were so warm and caring. I've never had anybody to talk to, you know. Wow, Brent. I just wanted to say like the way I have it written in my notes, the film ends after his son calls the cops and the Sami's corpse says a bunch of sweet nothings. That's how I wrote it. You guys are on the same wavelength. Okay, well, um, yeah, but I don't think... Here's the thing, though. I don't think it was her corpse yet. I think her neck was broken, but she... I just wrote it that way poetically. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she goes through all these things, and she's like, you know, I never wanted to be that clingy sort of woman. and, and But she goes through all that, all that stuff, you know, and then you see that image of the severed foot again, mm-hmm. and then you have that little flashback to her being like a 10-year-old ballerina, and then the movie ends. Well, fucking a that that is audition in a nutshell. Let's do some final thoughts and ratings. Um, I can go first. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, if anyone's ever heard of that Joe Blow horror show, don't you know? Never go, heard of it. Go check out uh, the episode where we cover it. Rickles was on, and we had a great time. I don't remember what I rated it there, but what I'm gonna yeah, go yeah. ahead and say is uh i would agree with this is elevated torture porn as a term and i would say that the torture porn if i'm recommending this to someone who's even a casual watcher of film is that the scary crazy body shit don't happen till the very end so this movie primarily for me is the characters 
and the mystery in the story and the creepy fucking imagery and then that psychedelic goodness all wrapped up nice and neat with a good foot sawing off and tossed out a fucking you know glass pane I'm I'm good with it. I'm like fuck yeah. The performances are great, and the cinematography is really good. I don't remember the score so much, but man, uh, nine out of ten. This movie's fucking amazing. Ricky Bobby. So the first time, like I said, I don't remember what I rated this one either. But um, watching it again, it just hit harder. Everything, the score jumped out at me. The cinematography. The storytelling, man, I just love, I love the narrative. I think this movie has a lot to unpack. Um, the acting is great. I'd say this is a masterfully made movie. My only gripe is it, even though I would, it would be hell trying to cut anything out of it. It still does feel a little long, but not very long, but a little long. And that's my only gripe. I, that's the only reason I don't give it a 10 because I'm at a nine and a half. Ooh, wow. Okay. Um, Asami's acting through the first half of the movie was flat as hell. And now that I've seen it again, I think it was her holding back. And I sort of dig that. I think if you have laundry to fold or if you have to vacuum your living room, you can do that for the first 40 minutes of this movie and you'll still be caught up. That's just me. The rest of it is so fucking surreal and there is so much happening. You best sit your ass down and pay attention. After after about 45 minutes, if you're not paying attention, you aren't doing this movie justice. But if you don't pay attention to the first 45 minutes, then you, you, you're missing stuff too, bud. Not really. Not really. <laughs> yeah, for me, you're not really. I think yeah. there's some weird subjects in this movie. Um, there's a piece of being a lovelorn single dad that I completely understand. I completely understand. Um, I don't like how the guy went about it, but at the same time, and I think uh, I think Mrs. Grindhouse said this, his intentions I think are still pretty pure. He just he just he's 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 in a new world. He doesn't know how to do things. He's just he's he's using what he has at his disposal. If you don't watch yeah. the first forty five minutes, though, you're not going to know none of that shit. Um, that's all important. Maybe. Maybe. We talked. We talked about all this throughout maybe, the show. Maybe. We turned you all around, you son of a bitch. Maybe it's a, it's a okay. ten out of ten. Okay, the first forty five minutes is still pretty slow. It's oh, so pretty. It, yeah, it, it's slow, but it's it's slow so, burn. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of narratives in this that I think a lot of people can relate to. Whether it's being hyper involved in an activity and having it taken away from you, they, they talk about you know having that activity being lost as akin to experiencing a death. There's a lot of things I think that could impact people um, in both a positive and negative way in this movie. Coming out of it, um, I will say that getting to the end, I honestly don't think there's one singular monster in this movie. Um, I think the movie itself, the story is the monster, and everyone just played a part in it. Despite the fact that I didn't think the first 40 minutes or so was kind of slow and kind of boring... Uh, the last hour of it more than made up for it for me in story and imagery. Um, and honestly, just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on a lot of the times. Um, I'm coming in at an eight and a half on this one. And uh, that movie is Bay. We will we'll drum roll it and send it on over to our special guest. Uh, so for me, this is a phenomenal eight out of 10. Mm hmm. Phenomenal. A phenomenal 8 out of 10. It's really held up over the years. Um, to me, this movie is really about 
loneliness and how it can drive people to extremes when it when it's extreme loneliness. Both Aoyama is, um, you know, seven years after the death of his wife, still hasn't found love um, and is willing to overlook so many red flags in his pursuit of finding somebody to fill that void. Mm. At the same time, um, Asami is, I don't know how you could get lonelier. She has a lonely childhood, abused, um, kind of bouncing back and forth between houses, nobody to talk to. You see her in that room. She's just alone, sitting. She's not reading a book. She's not doing anything. Um, she's like the definition of loneliness. And because she's so lonely, she gets so extreme in her love that to her, love is hurting somebody and keeping them in a bag so that it's the purest thing and that they can't do anything else except love her. And I think in the beginning of the movie, there's there's a quote about how Japan is a lonely country. Everybody's lonely in Japan. And I think that's that's where this movie hits for me is is it it resonates as as a person who has been lonely and who hasn't been lonely that it can really take a dark turn. So find a friend, y'all. <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story for me. Is, There's is, your episode yeah. title: Find a Friend, Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that's well said, though. That's all well said. All of that, all of that, very well said. I think Alice just schooled us all. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Mrs. Grindhouse and bringing us this movie. I love this movie. Yes. It's a dope ass fucking movie. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys wanted to talk about it. This is definitely one of those movies that you talk about after you've seen it. Sure. Fucking A. But yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was a real blast. It's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Ooh. Valentine's Day, guys. If you're gonna wear all white, make sure to pair it with a latex apron. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm into it. I know you are. <laughs> Embrace the red flags, cuh. <laughs> <laughs> embrace the, uh, cause I, I want to do an embrace. Do embrace, it. embrace the kitty, 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 kitty. Ooh. Yeah. Deeper, deeper, deeper. If the bitch cuts your feet off, mm-hmm. she's probably not a keeper. <laughs> she may not be the one. She's gonna keep you. You're the keeper. If she, (laughs) as long as we understand that, I'm gonna end up in a burlap sack in like probably tonight. Um. (laughs) I hope not, Bree. I hope not. But if you do, next time I I sit in this chair, I'm gonna be a foot shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Two feet shorter. You'll be close. You'll be close to my height. (laughs) You're each gonna have one of them, bud. Wow. Yeah!
that? Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Well, then we're going to cover. First thing we're going to do is cover. What can we call it? What what can we call it instead of creepy? Oh, yeah. I'm on this train now. First thing we're going to do is going to cover the greatest creepy pasta movie of all time, Skinamarink. Okay. I'm down. And you don't, and and rule number one is you're not allowed to shit on it just to shit on it. You got to come. We're going to call it Spooketti. That's that's our creepy pasta segment. Creepy pasta (laughs) Spooketti. Skinamagate. Skinamagate. <laughs> no, we're not talking about no, no, no. 